We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the vault on a Saturday night. It's instant reaction time and we're kind of celebrating right now because officially it's regular season time in Baltimore, right? Third and final preseason game is come and gone, right? It's no longer 26-20. The Ravens drop the third and final game to the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers down in Florida, but now they turn their attention to September 10th against the Houston Texans, which means we're inching closer and closer. And, and Sarah, you know, as always, welcome into the vault, everybody. I'm Bobby Trossett, Sarah Ellison alongside as well. And uh, just moments ago before we hit live, John Harbaugh hit the podium down in Tampa and made one announcement specifically about who's going to be a starting left guard this year. Uh, John's going to be the starter. You know, uh, he's earned that. So you guys got your news flash there. But, uh, you know, I think I was pretty clear. Uh, but um, I'm really, I'm really, I think look, John, John deserves it. He's had a great camp and vet and physical and just love the way he played. And then with Salah, he's going to be just fine. He's going to contribute. Okay, a couple different nuggets there. Again, John Simpson will be the starting left guard come September 10th. And then Salah, who was a hot topic, if you just listened to you and Jason's 53-man <laughs> roster projection episode uh, a day or so ago, which was really well done. We want to thank Jason from Huddle It Up Films for joining us. Uh, sorry I couldn't make it. but uh, And for those of you who thought that, you know, it was um, – I saw some comments. People thought that <laughs> Vegas did me in. It was really just a, a scheduling thing, a technical thing. I was going to – do the show from our Blue Wire Studios, which is our podcast distribution company here in Vegas. And anyway, things didn't end up working out. I promise I would never allow extracurriculars to get in the way of what we do because, well, I wouldn't be fulfilling my promise to you now, would I? Yeah, that is the, those comments were cracking me up. It's kind of like it's kind of like when Lamar Jackson went to the locker room and got fluids. It doesn't matter that he got fluids. The story is that he had to go to the bathroom, right? So, like, you're in Vegas. True. We were we were talking to each other face-to-face. -face. I saw you in the studio. It wasn't working out. But that doesn't matter. We can't let facts get in the way of a good story. You're in Vegas, of course. The people are going to believe that uh, you let the lecture curriculars get in the way. But, obviously, I know you are a total pro and would never let that happen. So, you mentioned we were celebrating. I'll get to John Simpson here in a second. I don't know what it is about every time we finish the preseason, I feel like 
I've been holding my breath forever. It's like, finally, I get a breathe. The preseason, you love it for these guys and the, and and people who are are trying to make the NFL. It's big moments for them. But it, it, it that was a brutal game to get through. We we got all the fun of preseason in the Commanders game. This game this this game here against the Bucks was a bit brutal to get through. Trying to trying to stay awake yeah. through it all. Um, but we did congratulations to everybody. And I think the biggest preseason takeaway is that the Ravens got out of it without any major injuries to key contributors. Now, you know, some people might say, well, the cornerback room, even that there's no long-term injuries. There's no season enders. We're expecting Marlon Humphrey back within a couple games. So I think compared to two preseasons ago, that's probably the biggest takeaway. Um, on to John Simpson. Now, to me, I'm glad that, you know, it's great that Harbaugh just solidified it. But when you had basically a two-man race between him and Sala, and then Big Sala is playing in the final minutes of the third and final preseason game, you know he is not the starter. <laughs> so we kind of already knew that, but John Harbaugh confirmed it. But I do think a big thing, as you said, Jason and I had quite a debate about which offensive lineman to keep on our 53-man roster. And the film says that Salah's not ready. I agree. But I also don't think that he's getting cut. And I think that quote we just heard from John Harbaugh, the bigger kind of like news nugget to pull from it if you're a 53-man predictions person, he said that Salah's going to contribute. That means he's going to be on this team. He's not getting cut. And he said he's going to be just fine there at the end, too. And by the way, we, we, know, we know that the audio from the press conference down in Tampa was very low. So we're probably not going to share a ton of conference press conference audio just because that's on the Raven side of things. So we'll try to summarize best uh, press conferences are going on as we speak. So we'll be making sure that we follow Twitter accordingly to update you guys as we go live here. And again, we have over 200 joining us here across all of our platforms. Thanks for being with us inside the vault probably one of the biggest takeaways uh, or or pieces of content that we're going to cover and it's the title of this episode right is the hints the hints from tonight while it was a sleeper and while it was a preseason finale the epitome of it right and third fourth fifth even you know even more down the depth chart stringers getting time and shout out the maryland kit couple of maryland guys balling out on both sides both for tampa and uh, in Baltimore. How about Dante Demas? We'll get to him in just a bit. And, and just because, you know, he's not going to be on the team, but hey, maybe he's working himself out for 31 other teams, practice squad in Baltimore, and you name it. But but I think, you know, a big theme of tonight, Sarah, will be the hints that we learned from, from tonight based on who was playing, who wasn't playing. Now, Harbs has confirmed a couple of things. So after Simpson, when you look at the roster, does a guy like Caillou Kelly potentially stand out? Or Keaton Mitchell, I know you and Jason were going back and forth on Twitter through the game on a couple different scenarios about how Keaton could be protected. So what do you think is the next topic to talk about in terms of the hints that we learned from tonight based on the 53-man roster? Yeah, I guess Keaton Mitchell would be the next one. I I thought it was interesting. Um, He didn't play at all, correct? I don't recall seeing him out there. Um, So... Listen, if if you're not playing in the third and final preseason game, you either are a roster lock or um, you're injured 
We do know that Keaton was injured in the last preseason game, but he did return to practice. Or the Ravens are just maybe trying to hide you. <laughs> and so my kind of thought was with Keaton Mitchell, because I thought, all right, even if he makes the team, he's he's RB number four. So why wouldn't you just have him out there for a couple series to to start the game? They didn't. It makes me wonder, because he was banged up, so there would be a legitimate reason. Makes me wonder if they're going to stash him on, on IR. And I don't mean that necessarily means that it has to be for the entire season. He could make the initial 53-man roster. There's plenty of people to make a handshake deal with. Um, Brent Urban's one of them, but I kind of assumed he would be with uh, Pepe Williams. That kind of, you know, Pepe's got to be on there originally. And then, you know, take him off 24 hours later and put Brett Urban on. But there's other guys like a Daryl Worley, a Kevon Seymour. These guys are are guys that would not get claimed off of waivers. You go to them and say, hey, you're a big part of the of the team, just like Brent Urban is, but we need some roster flexibility. Can you can you do this for us? So I feel like if you got Keaton Mitchell on the initial and then 24 hours later, maybe put him on IR. Maybe that's why he wasn't playing tonight. Maybe that's the plan is to put him on on IR. Um, and then that way, if you put him on after that, he can come back after four weeks. And the reality is Bobby is as awesome as he's been, and he has been awesome, and you don't want to lose him. The reality of him playing in the first couple of weeks of the season is very low. In fact, even if he wasn't put on IR, I don't think he'd be a game day active. He's the number four on the running back list. He's not necessary on special teams, although he can do it, but he's not necessary. Um, and then this way you can protect him from waivers and then keep him as depth. And then most importantly, keep him for future because a lot of these running backs are not tied up for the for the long haul. So this has got me thinking about how I can maybe sneak a couple of other guys in that I didn't originally by putting Keaton Mitchell on IR eventually. Yeah. We should also note too, just in terms of the game itself, some some are asking about, you know, why certain guys didn't play, why why they didn't play. Remember, not one projected starter by my count uh, started on either side of the football tonight for the Ravens. So it was slim pickings. I mean, maybe you can include who are you thinking of? Who any David Ajabo, Jalen Armour Davis, J maybe okay, Jalen or David Ajabo. Yeah. Okay. But so Jalen would be looked at that with no Marlin. So yes, that's, that's the exception there because Marlin's probably not going to be available for the first couple of weeks. So just keep that in mind. Uh, a couple other notes. So it was good to see, first of all, Jane, you know, the aforementioned Jalen Armour Davis. It was good to see him actually get a lot of snaps tonight because if you think about it, he's been so unavailable throughout the course of this summer that if he all of a sudden in two weeks from now is going to play a key role, you know, as as starting corner opposite side rock with no Marlin, then he needs a ramp up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. Jalen Armour Davis – who has he been on a roller coaster this this pre this preseason this training camp? Um, yeah, I mean he's a second year player. His rookie year he was mostly injured for it, and then he was injured for the first two preseason games. So, I mean he absolutely needed the snaps tonight. So I I don't think as long as Rocky seen is uh, healthy. I don't think they would put Jalen Armour Davis as a starter week one. Maybe he would he would work up to that. Um, Ronald Darby seems like he's ready for that role. John Harbaugh last week or at some point during the week said that Darby looks like a starter. 
And so if, if Marlon Humphrey's not ready to go, I think you've got those guys on the outside and plenty of people to, to rotate through in that nickel spot. So, um, yeah, so that was absolutely necessary. And I just feel like as he continues to ramp up and gain confidence, it's probably Darby who I would expect to be out there starting in place of Marlon. Christian Welch, a couple inside linebackers, Christian Welch and Josh Ross. Uh, they were only, and they, you know, they're kind of looked at as, as bubble guys to make the 53 man. I know Josh had a nice summer before getting injured last year. He's the undrafted, undrafted rookie from a year ago out of Michigan. There was sort of the Mike McDonald connection there. Those guys only played uh, special teams tonight. Trenton Simpson, rookie linebacker. He only played on special teams as well. So he, he eventually got into inside probably, linebacker, but it was late. It was late, but he eventually got in there. He got some snaps it? Okay. in there. Yeah. Point point being, he's safe. They're not going to, you know, use that kind of draft compensation on, on a guy like that with an upside that he has. Uh, what did they use? Third round draft compensation on him. So, mm -hmm. or third round draft, draft capital, I should say. So, you know, um, that's that. Uh, Travis Jones, as as Jason also noted a second ago, he's a projected starter. So, yeah, he was very active tonight. And is he is he a projected starter? Well, I, I mean, look, I mean, the, the defensive line, I mean, depends on where you're putting people. I mean, you got Justin Matabike, Broderick Washington's there. Michael Pierce is in there. I don't know that. I mean, Travis Jones is going to contribute. He's going to be a big part of this defense. Whether I would dub him a starter, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Point being, he, he's had a nice little summer here. He's he's wreaking some havoc. I'm excited to see what he can be in year two. Yeah, yeah. No, he's 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 a strong, strong dude. Um, I feel like there was one play. Where did I put a note about that? I'm trying to remember everybody's plays. It's so it's so much more difficult when you have so many guys running through here. Um, but but yeah, I mean he's just he's just a strong guy who can eat up blocks. Sometimes toss them to the side. Would love to see some pass rush out of him. Um, one thing that kind of stood out to me. So it's it's kind of interesting. So another one of these like roster hints, although this isn't about like the 53 man is is this idea that you've both got David Ojabo and and Flowers, right? So David Ojabo, again, considering him basically as a rookie. Flowers played in the first two preseason games. Um, the Ravens sat him this one, but then continued to play David Ojabo. Um, David Ojabo is just, we just have to remember, he's played, I don't know, 14 uh, not a lot of games <laughs> not a lot of games and so um he was quiet again tonight and he did play through the second quarter but I did want to you know sh give another shout out to Spencer we've talked about him several times certified uh you know scout all that kind of stuff so everybody was picking up again and I I pick I'm picking up on it too that David Jabo as who you'd hope would be a starter it's who the Ravens are betting on. You'd like to see him like create some sort of like noise against, you know, some of the, in these preseason games, but uh, Spencer Schultz says this, he says, um, David Ajabo's legit just coming off in low gear. So he's saying like David Ajabo isn't even trying to come off explosive. Okay. And why would you do that? Okay. He says, He's legit coming off in low gear, getting reps stacking. So he's saying like the point of this is not to like make all this noise. The point is, is to get you ready 
for an NFL game and the amount of reps that you might get in a game. Then Spencer says he's fine. These are exhibition games. They're for practicing areas of weakness or learning. So he's what he's saying is that he's watching a job. He's not he's not trying to make noise. He's trying to stack reps. So hopefully that's the case um, because he's not making as much noise to say as a flowers did right where where he comes off. You just put him in for a, a series or two and he has a sweet move or makes a touchdown or whatever. You'd like to see a get a sack or get some pressure or whatever. But um you know, I'm going to definitely have patience and and put a little bit of trust in Spencer here. Yeah, no, Spenny's great. And I was actually going to mention him as well because he put up somewhat of a funny tweet. I think it was like eight or ten question marks. Why do Ben Cleveland's pass sets at right tackle look so smooth? <laughs> He's like, is Ben getting reps at right tackle? Why does he look more comfortable there than he has in the past at guard? But, but Sarah, I, I don't – Ben's got to be on this team. You know, I know that there's been some talk about cutting him. I, I just, I don't know how that can be smart for, for this team, given you know the, the lack of depth at guard. They, they have to have him on this team for just strictly for insurance purposes. Yeah, to, to be honest with you, and this is what I kind of said in, in my conversation on Twitter during the game with Jason, um, I do not regret my decision to keep Sala on the roster. Um, but I am second guessing my decision to, you know, cut slash trade, whatever I was hoping EDC could do uh, with Cleveland. And um, at this point, I want Cleveland back on my roster. I just need to figure out who to take off. That might be Mustafer. That might be a handshake deal. Um, with either, you know, with maybe like a Kevon Seymour. So, um, cause I, again, I have urban matched up with, with Pepe Williams as a handshake deal. So, uh, or, or maybe, yeah. So it's a handshake deal. Same doing what I'm saying with Keaton Mitchell, put him on IR after initially making, making the, uh, team. And then he, he would be available after four weeks again. So I've got to find a way, but you know, just, just watching how Sala has like, fallen since like mini camp when he was given those first team reps and then he got the first first team reps in training camp and then all of a sudden we see him today in the final few minutes still playing it makes me very uncomfortable it makes me very uncomfortable so i would i want to keep cleveland and i think i'm gonna i'm gonna put it in my in my pro rush projections by eventually putting keaton mitchell um, on IR or taking off Mustafer. That's one of those two things I'm going to do, but I'm going to get Cleveland back on my roster. Let's talk about quarterbacks right now. There was a report over the weekend before Trey Lance uh, from San Francisco was dealt to the Dallas Cowboys that the Ravens inquired about Trey. It looked like it was going to take at the very least a sixth rounder, and I believe he ended up going to Dallas in exchange for a fifth rounder. Now, the reason why I bring it up is because we know throughout the course of this offseason, Sarah, that you know, the Ravens told us without actually telling us that they felt like they could upgrade their backup quarterback position behind Lamar. Baker Mayfield interest. There was Jacoby Brissett interest, right? And, and here it is. Okay, yeah. So Benjamin Albright, Dallas gets him. No word on Denver yet. What's the context Atlanta there? 
Okay, so so this is how the news got out, from what I understand. So after we got news that San Francisco was trading him to Dallas, Benjamin Albright says Dallas gets him, but he had gotten a text message, or I don't know where he got this from, but it basically it said Atlanta, Baltimore, and Dallas have already called about Trey Lance. And then whoever wrote this to him was no word on Denver yet. So basically he had a source telling him that Dallas was in on it, but so was Atlanta and Baltimore. So Baltimore, so this is the news of how we found out that Baltimore was in on trying to bring Trey Lance to the Ravens. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so yet another example of them essentially, you know, showing interest, showing a belief that they feel like they can get better behind Lamar. Uh, But the reason why I bring it up is based on what I've seen from Josh Johnson and Anthony Brown this offseason, I'm still riding with Snoop as Q- QB2 in 2023. How about you? Yeah, I am too. I just, I am too. Um, but to your point, the Ravens aren't confident. And it just keeps throwing me off. Even tonight, they were saying on the broadcast, and look, these guys get to chat it up with with coaches, you know. Even on the broadcast, um, they were saying it the, in the final minutes, like, hey, I think that Josh Johnson, that this, maybe the quarterback position isn't so settled. So I don't know. I don't know where that's that's coming from. I thought Josh Johnson, I mean, shoot, he opened up. He opened up. The opening drive was was phenomenal. He had four plays, 80-yard touchdown drive, Uh, So that's an average of 20 yards per play. I mean, he was just on fire. 19-yard pass to Charlie Kolar, 15 to Tylen Wallace, 22 to James Prochet, and then 24-yard touchdown to Laquan Treadwell. Not as great of a series after that, but he retired quickly after that, and Anthony Brown came in. So um, I don't know. I don't. It just feels like the Ravens keep pushing and pushing and pushing as if they don't have faith in Huntley. But I'm sticking with my 53-man roster uh, and just doing the two and putting Josh Johnson on the practice squad. One of my favorite phrases, it's a motivational phrase, and I feel like it fits this, is in, in life, professionally right now, I'm very content, but I'm not satisfied. I think the Ravens are content with their room, mm. but they're not satisfied, and that's and that can kind of – play into a lot of their moves, a lot of these interests, you know, inquiries that that this offseason's been, and most notably recently, Trey Lance. You know, I, I feel like that kind of fits. And and I'm okay with that. You know, like Snoop has shown that uh, you know, can he consistently win you games? No. But with the season on the line, uh prime time, wild card, you know, national exposure inches away from taking his team to the divisional round. So, you know, I, I see some comments in here, folks that are kind of dragging him that he can't do this. He can't do that, that, and he can't do it all. That's, there's a reason why he was undrafted out of Utah, but, but he is serviceable. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it, obviously that the Bengals game is one thing, but it's more just like the body of work over. I mean, people s- seem to like talk about all the time, at least, especially in the national media about how much, time Lamar has missed and for the vast majority of that it's been Huntley who's who's taken over and um the Ravens have either 
gotten pushed out of the playoffs. That was in 2021. And then 2022, they barely made it, even though they were going for a free fall again. And I think it's more of that. It's it's not just the Bengals game. It's not just that he fumbled there. I mean, you can you could, if you wanted to, blame that totally on on Greg Roman for putting him in that position in the first place. It's more this idea that it's like if Lamar Jackson were to go down and say like it's for a handful of games and he's going to come back, you want somebody who isn't going to just like all of a sudden the team's in a free fall. You got to have somebody who can keep you what at least at five hundred and. Man, I love Tyler Huntley. I like he's he's such a good guy, but it's clear that the Ravens, like you said, are not content that we can't go on these free falls again. We have to have somebody who can at least keep us at, you know, 500 during those games. We'll get to some Q&A in just a bit. So if you haven't uh if you have your questions and you haven't asked them yet, do so in the live chat and we'll get to as many as we possibly can. Uh, making sure that we're refreshing Twitter as well so that any new information that comes in we can handle. Charlie Kohler Charlie Kohler continues to fill up the stat sheet a little bit. He had another four catches tonight, 45 yards, big body, big radius, uh, catch radius, that is. We know that he is Q's guy. Where do you think he fits into the picture in 2023? Yeah, I think he makes the team. I think he's tied in number three. I think he gave some some good glimpses tonight, definitely. Uh, I think I believe he led the Ravens receivers tonight, so – uh, it felt like in the early going, he was he had a lot. He did have that one kind of a drop. It's not like it was like <laughs> the Sean Ryan drop, right? Where he was like wide open and <laughs> it's one of those. Oh, I um, felt so terrible for him. Oh man. Yeah, that was that was woof, that was rough. I mean, it's your moment to kind of put something on tape and and that was a rough moment for him. On the play before that, um, Charlie Kolar. I ugh, I was I had to watch the Bucks version of the game tonight. By the way, it was not fun <laughs> at all. I did too. Um, it was so bad. Yeah. I did too. <laughs> oh, that was brutal. I wanted to get a better look at like what happened on that Charlie Cole. I mean, I don't know if you can call it a a, a drop, um, just because I couldn't get a good angle and and there was coverage on him. But it would have been cool if he had secured that. That was. That was poor Anthony Brown. He had just fumbled. I got to show this picture really quick. I, I had a so when Anthony Brown fumbled the ball, uh, John Harbaugh. Oh yeah. <laughs> John Harbaugh. Right it does not matter that this you. is. Oh yeah. It lets you know once again how much he hates turnovers. Just despises them. It doesn't matter that you're in a third preseason game with your fourth quarterback who is not going to be on this um, 53-man roster, maybe maybe the, the practice squad. And it's like he hates turnovers, especially when they're unnecessary. So poor Anthony, <laughs> Anthony Brown tries to re redeem himself. <laughs> we have to keep that. We have to keep that. That needs to be memed more often. Whenever, whenever somebody does something that you just aren't happy about, that's just going to pop up the John Harbaugh scowl. But um, anyway, so uh, Anthony Brown's like doing a good job trying to come back from that fumble. And then he has the Kohler kind of like dropper just didn't secure it. And then the Anthony or, and then the Sean Ryan <laughs> drop in the end zone. He's like, come on, I'm trying to like make up for my fumble. So um, anyway, I kind of got off track there. So back to, to Kolar. 
Uh, I thought he had a good game, but I think it could have been better if he was able to reel that in. But he's he's the number three, and um, and I, I feel like he's still kind of ascending. Like, I felt like that first preseason game wasn't his best, and then I thought the commanders was a little bit better, and then I thought today was even better than, than the week before. So, uh, so some good glimpses from him there. Yeah, and just to kind of piggyback off of that, uh, Truthbearer hit our Q&A, and, and they wanted to know, you know, can Vokalek – and Kohler both make the team. That's probably a no. Uh, Vokalek looks to be an NFL tight end, or at least the potential to be that kind of guy if he develops. Just an undrafted rookie, just getting his career started out of Nebraska, if I'm not mistaken. So it would be great to see him. I, it's just probably not going to be in Baltimore. They, you know, their, their first two tight ends are set, and they have you know draft capital invested in, in Charlie Kohler from a year ago out of Iowa State. So that's probably the reality there. Um, how do you see the Ravens using Dre world gaming wants to know, and I may have actually just met Dre. So again, those of you who know uh, I've been in Vegas for a conference this week and at halftime, I'm in my, I'm in my hotel room right now. And, and in, at halftime, I went down to get a, a water and I bumped into a guy wearing an eight Jersey. And I was like, dude, you're, you're like the first Baltimore fan I've seen here all week. Like, what are you doing? And let's just say, he had been having himself a day. Okay. There, there was a lot of hugs going around, Sarah. Okay. It was, it was a heck of an exchange, but he was a big vault listener. It was cool to, to meet one of our listeners on the other side of the country. But um, if this is him, shout out you, Dre. Appreciate you saying hello. But the question is, how do you see the Ravens using Isaiah Likely? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment 
and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, obviously he's he's the the number two tight end. This is very interesting. I'm actually interested in seeing this myself because I felt like last year with Greg Roman, either Andrews would be involved and he'd have a good game or likely would be involved. And I want to see Munkin get them both involved simultaneously. Is like can there can there be a game where both are producing? Now, obviously, this year, though, the Ravens have much more firepower at wide receivers, and there's only one ball to go around. But I'd really like to see what Munkin can draw up with these two tight ends. because um, And they are, they're, they're like different, but they're similar in that they both are just great receiving tight ends. And so let's go out and put pressure on linebackers or, you know, these safeties and see what they can do guarding both of them. So... Uh, I, I'd really like to see Munkin get both involved. I'm with you, David Smith, in our Facebook Live comment section here. Kohler and likely, and Kohler's still getting started here. You know, he missed all pretty much all of last year because of that sports hernia surgery that he had to undergo at the end of training camp. But but both of these guys may end up being, Isaiah definitely is, obviously, but Charlie has shown that he's capable of being, yeah, first-team starter. But but right now, he's got two dynamic guys in front of him, and that's that's the beauty of it. It's sort of a an embarrassment of riches at the tight end position in Baltimore, which it's been really throughout throughout the Lamar era and throughout many years um, in Ravens football. Let's 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 continue to kind of work through some of the Q and A here. Luke K wants to know: Will Laquan Treadwell, who had the game's uh, first touchdown for the Ravens tonight? Will he make the roster as wide receiver six over Wallace? Uh, I certainly don't think so. I think you're in the same boat, Sarah. If they do end up keeping six, it's probably going to be Odell. It's going to be Zay. It's going to be Duvernay. It's going to be Rashad. It's going to be um, Nelson Aguilar. Whenever I list them, thank you, Nelson, mm-hmm. and then Tylen. That would be my six. We're in agreement there, correct? Absolutely. But I do want to give a shout out to, to Treadwell. He had that, that touchdown tonight. So good for him. Um, I think it's, and, and I, not only do I think that Tylen Wallace has like just stolen the spotlight for number six wide receiver. Like I, I think he made it to where it really wasn't even a competition. Like I really don't even think Treadwell made it a competition. I don't think, I don't think anybody did. It was just, Every single game, Tylen Wallace came out and produced as a wide receiver. But on top of that, number six doesn't get a lot of playing time. So you better do some special teams. And Tylen Wallace is a gunner, and he's excellent at it. And uh, I I haven't gotten much, to to be fair, I I can't say I've watched Treadwell much on special teams, so I can't compare the two. But, um, but. I know how good Wallace is and I feel like he's just stolen the show when it comes to competing for that final wide receiver spot. Hey, while you're looking up the broadcast, but I'll, I I thought you might be looking up some other comments. So I was going to give Caillou Kelly a little shout out with some stats here. Oh yeah. 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 And right before that, right, right before we transition to that though, on the wide receiver one note, I, I mentioned it earlier on. You know, a couple of the Maryland guys really showed out on on both teams tonight. You had Dante Demas, who led all all receivers 
in in yards tonight with two receptions, two big ones, 86 yards, along of 47 on three targets. So that's awesome for him. And uh, Raheem Jarrett on Tampa's side, he went four for 48 uh, with five targets and a long of, of 22. So that's awesome to see. You know, obviously Dante, long shot to make the team. Maybe he ends up being on the practice squad, but a great night to put out some tape. That was awesome. I wish we, we've already gotten dinged by using some of these preseason <laughs> plays on YouTube. So we've had a we've had to cut those out. But uh, yeah, Dante Demas, man, the way he high pointed that one ball again, you, we, I didn't feel like I was getting good replays. Um, but yeah, he looked he looked excellent on that. I didn't even realize that he had put up that many yards. Yeah, I, when I had put up when I put together my notes from the game. Charlie Kohler at the time was like the leading receiver. And this was like with a few minutes left in the fourth quarter, I was putting together these stats, but Dante Dimas just came out of nowhere in that fourth quarter, 86 yards on two plays. My goodness. Good for him. That's see the, as hard as it was to get through that game. It's like that, that kind of stuff is what makes you happy. Seeing these guys put, put stuff on film like that. And that would be awesome. If you could stay on the practice squad here, here in, in Maryland where he's been. So sorry to cut you off there, though. What were you going to say about Caillou Kelly, the rook? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Well, you didn't cut me off. I think we just started speaking at the same time. But um, Jonas Schaefer put out these from Baltimore Banner, put out these stats. And, and again, this is why you never want to, like, write anybody off too, too soon. We know that Caillou Kelly didn't have the greatest game in the first half against Washington. So Schaefer says that Caillou Kelly allowed five catches on five targets for 59 yards in the first half versus Washington per next-gen stats. In the six quarters since, he's allowed one he's allowed one catch on five targets for six yards. So um, certainly, you know, moving on up, moving on up. So this was another thing that that Jason and I debated on our on our 53-man prediction show. He had the Ravens cutting both uh, draft picks, uh, Sala and Caillou Kelly. Um, and I, and I agree. And I, with him, I was like, based off the tape, you're absolutely right. Like I was tempted to cut Caillou Kelly, but I know that they're, I shouldn't say, I know it's unlikely the Ravens do. It's not like they've never gotten rid of draft picks just a few months after they've done it, but it's rare. And I just think that both guys show enough promise that it's like, that you, you don't want to ship them out this quickly. You mentioned one note that uh, before we get to some more Q&A about a former Raven, and, and the reason why it's it's relevant is because they were playing Tampa tonight. A lot of folks remember Ryan Jensen, all right? Everybody loved Ryan Jensen in, in Baltimore, Joe, Joe Flacco's bodyguard, right? And uh, unfortunately for Ryan, he has just really struggled in the health department, so much so that before the season even begins now, He's going on season-ending injury reserve thanks to like some pretty sig significant complications from a knee injury that took all of last year away from him. So um, there's a chance that he may have actually played his there, – there's a belief that he may have played his last down in the NFL, which is just sad. You know, it's sad. He uh, it's, it's great that he had a chance to play with – with Tom Brady, but, but again, you know, all of last year was, was robbed of, of, you know, from him. And now this year before it even begins has been taken away. So unfortunate. It is unfortunate. I, it's like, it reminds me a little bit of Ronnie Stanley to an extent where it's like, you think 
after some time, after a year, they're for sure going to be back after a year, right? But there obviously seems to be um, <clears throat> some communications there um, or some complications there. Sorry. Uh, here's a fun fact, though. Ryan Jensen. So I have an uncle who's the um, athletic director for Colorado State University in Pueblo. Okay, so it's not like the Colorado State. It's like a smaller Colorado State University in Pueblo, which is like this down south in Colorado, super hot down there. Um, anyway, yeah, my uncle's the athletic director and Ryan Jensen, obviously that's where he went. And so I remember when Ryan Jensen got drafted, I saw him in the cafeteria. And this is before I knew his personality, right? It's before any of us knew his personality. It was just like this redheaded, huge dude in the cafeteria. And I went up and, and chatted it up a little bit about CSU Pueblo. And, uh, you know, he just seemed so quiet and to himself then, because I'm sure he's just learning things. But it's like, I still watch him to this day or started to watch him in the way he just like blossomed in his personality. And then, you know, goes down to Tampa and wins the Super Bowl there. And so I was super happy for him. Wish him the best. I really hope that uh, he gets healthy. And by the way, when you started to talk about him, I smiled and that wasn't about, I, I got lost because I saw a comment from Jason there when I was saying that he said that he would cut Sala, but then he put in there, he's like, or, you know, maybe he ends up on IR, cough, cough, or whatever. That comment made me laugh, not you explaining what was going on with Jensen. I just want to make that clear that I prayers up to Jensen. Yep. All good. All good. Want to get uh, some of the, the pregame footage in here from Ravens Productions just to give you a feel for guys that will be a major, major part of what's going on around these parts in a couple weeks. The new wide receiver room, a lot of swagger, a lot of confidence, a lot of chemistry already between these guys. Pictured left there, you got Bate, Zay. Who's that in the middle there? Is that PQ's number six, maybe? <laughs> And then PQ Odell on the far right them. in that first photo. Yeah, PQ snuck his way onto the offensive side of things. And then on the far right, you got, gosh, I mean, Zay's in the middle, of course. Odell's in the middle right. Is that – who the heck Nelson, is far right there? I think that's Nelson Aguilar. And then Bates far left. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so they got – they know that uh, – it seems like they're a close group already, but there is there is this sort of aura about them. <laughs> listen this is the photo i said i was looking for now if i could i would like aguilar in the actual game you know uniform with with uh pq out of it i don't know how pq snuck in there but it is all the single digit or some of the single digit guys um but yeah i mean this is this is the photo i love it i've been wanting to see these guys healthy especially the i mean look that's your top four that's your top four wide receivers right there bobby um, and, and yes, I feel is. pretty darn good about it. And in fact, I'm going to give you some more swag coming out from there. Pre-game, check out OBJ. There we go. Doing a little dance in his pre-game like he always does. And then, oh, who else is in on the action? Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. Now, what's the name of this dance? Somebody listen. You're not going to get me to know what these dances are. Hold on. I got I got the Park Heights strut. Is that correct? <laughs> Is that correct? Those that are in the comments, let me know if I got that correct. Um, but 
Either way, I'm just week one. Let's go. The preseason is gone. Get these guys on the field together with Lamar Jackson with a starting offensive line that protects him. Those tight ends, J.K. Dobbins. I cannot wait to see all these guys together. You know, Eileen is is making sure that uh, she's got receipts on me here. So uh, yesterday here in Vegas, I went on uh, VEASAN, which is one of the regional networks here. And they had me on to talk about the Ravens. And I posted the, the link to the segment on my channel. And they asked me who I thought was going to win the division. And I said that I think there's potentially three teams that are going to be postseason teams in this division. I do think Baltimore is going to be one of them, but right now I think the Bengals are my, my pick to win the AL AL. Listen to me. I'm like in baseball mode right now, the <laughs> AFC North and Eileen has uh, clearly watched the segment and she's making sure that, uh, that I don't forget. Get them, Eileen, get them. You go on, you go on and represent the Ravens and on these other shows. And then you didn't even pick them, Bobby. Come on now. <laughs> I'm giving you a hard time. You know? No, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm giving you a hard time. That means when you do pick them, you you believe it. I'm glad that you're sticking, sticking, you're trying to take your purple rose glasses off. I like it. I'll always put those glasses back on and say that they've won their two bowls when they were wild card teams. Let's get it. Let's run it back a third time. You know? Perfect. Let's do it. Okay, Take one a wild other... card berth and, and go the distance. <laughs> hey, that's always been like the Ravens. That's the Ravens' way. It's always better when they're coming from behind and uh, and nobody believes in them, for sure, for sure. One other thing from the, from the pregame, Bobby, is we did see this guy. Oh, wrong one. We did see this guy for the first time in a Ravens uniform. This is Jadavian Clowney. I do like all those, those all whites. Kind of a yeah, little bit of a it popped tonight. Yeah, I like it. So looking lean, that's for sure, Jadavian Clowney. But um, you know, as we talk about David Ajabo, who's you know getting lots of reps, uh, this signing right here takes takes some pressure off of him, gives him some time to put him in positions where uh, Ravens can most use his his strengths. And let him develop, you know, and, and strengthen his weaknesses over time. So um, I'm still happy about that signing. And I really liked where his mindset was, we, which we talked about in another morning vault. But I really liked his mindset um, at the press conference. This just seems like a guy that is like, listen, I've been in the league for a while. I've made some money. All I want to do is win. And and one other thing, he's like, all I want to do is play 17 games. Please just get me healthy. He wants to play all 17 games. Feels like. There's so much potential and so much more he can give if he can just stay healthy. So whew, this has got to be this has got to be the year, Bobby, where where the Ravens stay reasonably healthy. Oh, cross your fingers, knock on wood. I'm getting told right now in the comment section. First of all, I know I, I misspoke. Um, I grew up a I grew up a Giants fan, and the Giants Super Bowls that they won with Eli Manning, both of those were wild began with with wild card births rick henry corrected me in 2012 the ravens won the division i didn't mean to confuse the two there but uh but yeah james lee wiley bobby you gotta wash your mouth out with soap after picking cincinnati to win the division this year maybe i'll have to do that before i come back with vegas 
They're out to get you now, Bobby. No, no, but it is oh, like goodness. it's legitimately. There are debates all the time in national media. Who is the toughest division? And if people don't say the AFC North, it's like top two. I mean, this is going to be a gauntlet. And honestly, it may just come down to who's healthiest. I mean, that's usually what decides these things. But if the Bengals and the Ravens were both healthy by the end of this, oh, that would be that would be Christmas. That would be amazing. And then, yeah, let's actually see. Let's actually see who's better when you have a healthy Lamar Jackson and healthy, oh, please, a healthy cornerback room and all of those things. That's that you want. That's what you want to see. But this division is going to be tight. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be who who said slobber knocker? Who who started that one? But it's going to be a slobber knocker. I can't remember which player called it that, but that is the perfect word for it. Yeah, that's the way you want it. You know, that's the way you want it. Yeah. As always, we want to shout out and thank two of our returning patrons who are supporting everything we do here inside the vault this month through Patreon. So Chris Gagnon, Alan J, appreciate you both. Thank you for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if any of you out there are interested in doing the same, throwing us a few bucks, getting some incentive in exchange as well. Maybe it's a monthly shout out. Maybe it's an actually uh, an episode title sponsor that runs monthly. You can check out all of that uh, Q&A submissions. we got to do a Q&A at some point before the month finishes up uh, for our mailbag. we got to get back to that. But you can figure out all that and looking into it uh, in the show notes. There's a link. It's patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast. So what, two weeks from tomorrow? Again, we're live right now on the on the 26th. So two weeks from tomorrow, the Ravens will open the 2023 season against the Houston Texans inside the bank. And then on Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday, what's that? The 29th, 4 p.m. Eastern is when 53-man rosters need to be solidified across the NFL. So we will, of course, be reacting to any surprises that come from that. We'll be breaking it down for you. So that'll be available, what, I guess Wednesday morning. Maybe we'll do something live. We'll talk about programming and give you announcements on that in the early week. But this live stream will take place of, what did we say, Monday's morning vault, right? So we're going to take Sunday off and we'll be next in action uh, on Tuesday morning, correct? Yeah, we usually have Friday and Saturday off. We, that did not happen. We did the roster projections. And even though you didn't make it on, you were also working, trying to get on. Um, and then we are doing this tonight, Saturday night. So we wanted to have uh, one one day off this weekend. So yeah, Monday morning, we'll just be this in our 53-man projections. And then we will jump back on as soon as those roster announcements are made. Fantastic. Well, with that... Another instant reaction is in the books, and it's the final preseason one. It was, I know, it was somewhat of a, a yawn kind of night in some ways, but we still had over 500 concurrents live here that were joining us uh, throughout, you know, throughout all of our channels. So, you know, just know that, you know, we're going to continue this all throughout the season in post-game form. It's going to be available on both of our Twitters. You can find uh, both of us on Twitter. Sarah can be found at SG Ellison. I can be found on all platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Bobby Baltimore. But we're going to be back in live form here on a weekly basis for game day. So very much looking forward to getting back into the swing of things. For my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this instant reaction live stream. And we will next talk to you on Tuesday. <laughs>